Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. 15 minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. How would you like to be named Theophilus, Andrew? I tell you what, that's one of those names that uh, when it came to the time in school to learn cursive, I'd be so upset with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could call you Theo for short. Theo works. Theo. Theophilus, what's that mean? Lover of God, right? I think something like that. Or friend of God. Friend I of God? Be sure. Of those. It's not a name that you hear very much today. No, for some reason that one did, did not catch on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But imagine if your name meant friend of God, and every time you heard it, you were reminded, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be a friend of God. How do you think that would impact you every day? You know, I, th- I think that that's, um, the significance of that name in here at the beginning of the book has, has led some people to wonder, is this an actual person? And, you know, their parents named them Theophilus. Is it uh, a name that someone would take because now they are a Christian and they are wanting to declare uh, that they have a right relationship with the true God. Um, you know, I, I I think that it's wonderful to be in a culture where names have meaning. And I, and, uh, I guess our names do have meaning. Uh, we just don't necessarily put a whole lot of stock in it. Well, I wouldn't. Edwin means rich friend. <laughs> so don't... Uh, <laughs> absolutely does not mean anything. <laughs> do, you, do you know what Andrew means? Um, I do, I do. Again, I think uh, strong and manly. As well, a that one's fact. pretty close. That's that pretty. Close. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Now, I do appreciate crozier means cross bearer. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I actually tried to stress with my kids, although I'm not sure they picked up on it. But I do like the fact that when I hear that crozier, I am a cross bearer. It reminds me that I am supposed to be a cross bearer. Mm. And uh, essentially, that came from the fact that I had ancestors that I think were in the French Huguenot movement, and they were involved in the the church at that time that was there in France, and their job was to carry the cross and the processions as they entered whatever kind of worship they were doing. Ostensibly Christian, I'm, I'm not sure that I would agree with it today, but uh, in fact, I'm pretty certain I wouldn't. But still, I do love the idea of being a cross bearer, and it's a reminder to me. So Theophilus, friend of God, do you think... I know there's no way for us to know, but do you think made up or do you think real person? Well, I, no, I, I I, fall on the side of an, an actual person, patron. Yeah. Let, let, me, let me rephrase that. Made up sounds like false. Yeah. Rhetorical device is what it would be if, if he was using that and using that to refer to people in general as Christians. So not a made up person. So so the, the argument that Theophilus might be, quote, made up is a rhetorical device to refer to Christians who are supposed to be lovers of God. And so he would be like he's writing to any Christian. So if we were going to do that today, we might say in the first book, oh, Christian. Right. And so that would be what he's trying to get across. So right. Clarify then, the made up thing. But But you think... You lean towards Theophilus was a real person and patron. Tell me about that patron thing. I tend to. So just uh, a little bit of background with letter making and I guess publication in a world before there were printing presses. Uh, it would fall to a person with some means to um, to be about the task of having a document copied 
and uh, you know more copies then put into circulation and so to have then uh, an address to them at the beginning uh, of the document um, would, would call out their role in that so you know just I guess in, in the whole study and discussion about where the Bible came from a figure like Theophilus would be very important not inspired um, you know not that revelation is coming to him uh, but a faithful brother and responsible to help make this uh, inspired document available to others what I think is so cool about that is the the thing that I think I miss for lots and lots of years is that when we come to what we have as our Bibles yeah reading this one book within the Bible the record of the Word of God yeah we have the written word of God, and in many ways, it parallels the incarnate word of God. That you have God in the flesh with Jesus. Here's the incarnate word of God, as John 1 talks about. He can, comes in the flesh. And whenever we think about Jesus as God coming in the flesh, that produces all kinds of questions. There's, there's this amazing infinity of God, and then we bring it down into this, well, initially a baby, which of course was at the beginning of the first book in Luke but this baby, and then that produces all kinds of questions. How does that work together? And some of it is, is really beyond my understanding. A lot of it's beyond my understanding. Just God all by himself is beyond my understanding. But now what we have is this written word that mirrors the incarnate word, mm-hmm. the infinite mind of God working through the tools, the instruments of man, mm-hmm. which, you know, when, when it comes to Jesus being the incarnate word, there's all kinds of questions that come up about, okay, when, when God becomes man, how does that deal with temptation? What, what does that mean about temptation? What does that mean about knowledge? And there's a lot of questions we just can't answer. And so sometimes we look at this document and people today put on it because they know that ultimately behind it is God, some kinds of ideas that really we can't have because God was working through men. So here he's working through Luke, who is working because it looks like Theophilus is providing for him. And so because Theophilus is providing for him, he does what men did whenever they had a patron that was supporting them to write. He addresses it to Theophilus. And then we also have the fact, and we learned this back in reading Luke, that he talks about research. Yeah. And so that tells us a little bit about inspiration. Not every bit of inspiration is straight up revelation. In other words, Luke and Acts did not come to Luke by, he was just sitting there in his room and God opens up his head and pours it in. Right. Luke went around, yeah. interviewed people. He traveled with Paul. So some of this, it's because Luke saw it. Luke recorded it. Luke questioned and researched, and he found things out. But it's inspired because God got in it what he wanted in it. And that's comforting to me. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, one of the reasons why I, I lean towards Theophilus being a, a person and a first century Christian um, is because of some of this explanation that Luke gives uh, that it is, it is reasonable and necessary that this writing and this written record be prepared um, to settle people's doubts, to inform them about questions. I mean, this this is a, a real person and a real believer, and here is a document coming from God that's going to bless him and and all other Christians. You know, they get to read it um, because because. Here is a record. Here is an evidence. Here is something to go back to and and to look at and to learn from. And and what gets me is here this story is just now starting Mm -hmm. as far as the history of the church. 
And there's a fellow that has gotten involved in this movement. And I don't picture Luke just trying to hunt someone up. Hey, who's going to pay for this? I, I feel like what we've got is a guy that says, I want to know. I want to know. I want, I want somebody who's going to write this down and record it. And I'm willing to pay for it. I'm willing to, I'm willing to provide you a living so you can search this out and we can know what happened. And so what that means is all the way back at the very beginning of this movement, there were folks like you and me who said, I, I want to know. I want to know what happened. I want to, I want the record to show here are the events that took place. Christians have wanted that. And here's what that says. I think a lot of folks have the idea that all Christians today and throughout all history are just gullible. We'll just accept whatever. Here's a fellow that says, I want somebody to research it and write it down in order. And I want to know for certain. And that's the way the Christian movement has been from the very beginning. It's never been a blind faith. It's never been, I'll just accept whatever. It's, I want to hear the testimony. I want to hear the record. Yeah, rooted in facts. And, you know, Luke is the great historian. We were talking about names at the beginning. What does your name mean? And, you know, honestly, I think for me, I identify more with the Theophilus um, because I see that here is writing to answer questions. And here is writing to bring uh, history together and facts together to assure a faith. Um, to know that there's people, as you mentioned, from the beginning of, of Christianity and from this message that um, show me the evidence, show me the facts, let's have this together. Because it's an incredible thing. It's an incredible thing, the Word incarnate. It's an incredible thing that he dies upon a cross. Three days later, the tomb is empty. This is incredible. As we go through and we read Acts and we talk about these things, this continuing movement of God and Christ uh, through the work of the apostles, we see miracles. And these are incredible things. Uh, and, and so to record all this and see how it works together in, in God's great plan is a blessing, is a blessing and an assurance in our faith. Let's go ahead and wrap up with a prayer. And then uh, we'll move on with our day here. Why don't you lead us in prayer? Our great God and Father, Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for the time that we can open up your word and to consider these first few verses in the book of Acts. To consider and wonder a little bit about uh, a brother in Christ named Theophilus. Lord, we thank you so much in your working, your desires to make your will known to us, your desires that there be written records, the Bible, that we might have a sure foundation for our faith. And we pray, Father, as we go about the activities of this day, that we might grow in our love for you. And if we were not a Theophilus at the beginning of the day, Lord, help us to be a great Theophilus, a great friend and lover to you by the end, by your grace by your mercy, by your power. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. And amen. Amen. I'm Edwin. I'd like to invite you to worship with us at the Livingston Avenue Church in Lutes, Florida. You can find everything you need to know about us at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional blog. The link is in the show notes. Our theme song was sung by Michael Eldridge. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. Have a great day. Every tear wiped away when I